Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. I just feel something in the spirit this morning. I just feel something and I don't know what. We'll, we'll all figure it out together. Amen. But I just feel a, a stirring, a stirring. Go with me to Romans chapter 12, if you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want your hearts engaged and prepared for what God is about to do. Because something is on the rise. Something is coming forth in these days. And I don't mean prepared as in prepared to sit back and watch what God is going to do. I'm talking about prepared as in be ready to participate with what God is about to do. There's a difference. I can get ready to go watch something or I can get ready to be a part of something. And I want to be a part of the crew that's ready to do something about what God is doing in these days. Amen. And I think you are too. In Romans chapter 12, it says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. He says to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. This is your spiritual service of worship. In verse 2 it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everyone say renewing of your mind. Let's do that one more time. Y'all need to get with me. Renewing of your mind. Okay. So that you may prove what the will of God is. Notice that a renewing of the mind is a prerequisite for discovering and knowing the will of God in your life. There's just going to be things in your life that are limited until you choose to renew your mind. And your mind is your problem. Your mind is your challenge. Nobody else's job to change your mind for you. That is your job. We've learned this, that repentance, the word repentance literally means to change your thinking. We said this a few weeks ago, that repentance is not just for the matter of forgiveness. Repentance is not just coming and saying, I'm sorry for what I've done. Forgive me so that I can, you know, be washed of my sins. No, repentance is literally changing your thinking. Repentance is necessary for the purpose of realizing what is possible in this new realm called the kingdom of God. I'll say that again. Repentance is necessary. It is for the purpose of allowing me to discover what is now possible in this new kingdom that we live in. So we have this distinction between these two Realms, our old natural way, our old way of doing things, or belonging to the kingdom of darkness. 
as the word calls it. But we know that there is a kingdom of light. We know that we have now been translated out of darkness into light. We are now brought into the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you right now, everything that was impossible in the old kingdom is made possible in the new kingdom. But it's not until we change our thinking. It's not until we move ourselves to the position of believing that the the impossible can become possible that we'll see those things take place. This new kingdom requires you to change your thinking. This new kingdom demands that you change your thinking. This new kingdom places a demand on our thinking, on our mentality, to stop thinking and only um, living according to how we used to live. To now discover that healing is possible. I said divine healing, divine health, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover as we are commanded, not suggested. That living at peace in your mind, that's a possibility. Wholeness in your marriage is a possibility. Restored communities, broken traditions of man, These are all now possibilities in the kingdom of God. My question to you today is what do you believe is possible? What do you believe is possible? That's just what seems to be stirring in my spirit and stirring in my heart these last really several months is what do we truly believe is possible? If the Christmas story shows us anything, it shows us that the impossible is possible. What if we really lived like the impossible was possible? Once you have seen or known that miracles are possible, you lose the right to respond to any challenge from the realm of impossibility. You lose the right to face any giant with the with the mindset, what if this doesn't work? What if he doesn't come through? What if he doesn't show up? What if he doesn't heal? What if he doesn't deliver? What if he doesn't restore? What if he doesn't redeem? We made a hard statement a couple weeks ago, but Jesus never taught us how to deal with unanswered prayers. He just didn't because he didn't have any. He lived in a realm of possibility. He lived in a realm that was beyond our realm. He lived in a realm where what we treated as impossible or couldn't be done or never been approached or never seen that change, he saw change on a regular basis. But he lived with a different mentality. He lived with a renewed mind, renewed to his kingdom, renewed to his ways, renewed to heaven's ways. He even taught us to pray that way. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why do we have churches full and Christians wandering this earth still responding still responding to situations with what if it could be done? Rather than what shall be done. 
what will be done, what can be done. It's the two questions that every believer has of God. Can he or will he? If we believe that we if we believe that he can, then we probably struggle with will he? And if we believe that he will, then we might struggle with but can he? And I'm telling you, he is a can God and a will God. He can do it and he wants to do it. He's the yesterday, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. In the Amplified, it reads this way, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent, act of worship. You know, it's it's interesting that we actually discover here that mind renewal is not a result of striving, it's a result of surrendering. Now, that point alone will set you free. Because you thought I had to work to get my mind renewed. No, you had to lay down to get your mind renewed. Mr. Charlie tells me all the time, I've got to unlearn some things. I've got to unlearn some things. I, I, there's a lot of garbage up here that, that's, that's compounding and that's restricting the kingdom message. And so it's not in what I'm gaining. It's actually what I'm letting loose of, letting go of, that actually helps me see a realm of possibilities that I never saw before. Renewing the mind is a living sacrifice. That tells me it's not an event. I can't write down in my Bible the day that I renewed my mind. Right? Can't do it. You can write down the day you committed your life to Christ. The day you were water baptized. The day you were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. You might be able to write down some of those dates, times, locations. That's called an event. But renewing the mind is not an event. It's a process. It happens over time. I can't say December 26, 2021, I renewed my mind. This might be the day you choose to renew your mind, but you've just started a process of mind renewal now that goes on and on and on. We're constantly having to unlearn things to learn some things. Mind renewal is not found in striving for. It's in surrendering what I thought, my traditions, my ideas, my opinions, my agendas, my plans. And this is how we see a move of God. I believe God's always moving. I believe he's always working. The question isn't, is he? It's, do we see it? Do we recognize it? And I believe we're coming into, I believe 2022 is going to be marked by unnatural recognition of the things that God is doing. A, a supernatural insight to what God is doing. And we're going to look back and say, he's been working all along. He's been speaking all along. He's been directing all along. 
And now we have just become in tune to it. Now we just see it and connect with it and engage with it. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's our faith that brings the unseen into the scene. It's our faith that moves things, that moves things out of the realm of the impossible to the possible. Our faith does this. Our faith moves things. I've said this before. You've heard me say this before. Faith doesn't create things. Faith moves things. Faith doesn't create healing. It just moves it from heaven to earth. Faith doesn't create restoration in your marriage. It just moves it from a realm of the impossible to the possible. It moves it from the unseen to the seen. It moves it from the intangible to the tangible. Y'all with me? So our faith is shifting these things. It's the evidence of things not seen. The fact that it's not seen doesn't make it any less real. In fact, the Bible tells us those things that are not seen are actually more real than what we do see. So the healing in your body is actually more real than the sickness in your body. Come on. The restoration in your marriage is actually more real than the brokenness in your marriage. The healing of your heart is actually more real. The redemption of your life is more real. Revival in this community is actually more real than the traditions and the denominational struggles. The healing over this country is actually more real. So we're living in the realm of the impossible. We're living in the realm where the impossible becomes possible. I'm saying this changes the way you believe. It changes the way you talk. It changes the way you act. It changes the way you behave. It changes the way you live. It changes the way you respond to things. This sets up the church to be the most distinguished group of people on the planet. You thought we were crazy before. You have seen nothing yet. Jesus was treated like a crazy person. Don't let tradition fool you. Don't let the pictures of him carrying sheep around with kids sitting all around him fool you. Those things happen, but those were just moments. On, on, on the regular, he was treated like a heretic. He was treated like a lunatic. They only wanted to come out and see the miracles and the signs and wonders, but they didn't want to believe in the man that was performing them and producing them. They would stand amazed at the words he would speak, but then in the very next verse, want to throw him off a cliff. And it's only because he lived in the realm of the impossible. He treated impossibilities as possibilities on a daily basis. I want to see the day where miracle signs and wonders are the norm. 
not the abnormal. Not, oh man, we'll be surprised if they don't get healed. I'll be surprised if it doesn't happen. Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does? That's what it looks like living out of the realm of possibility. That's what, that's what realm of possibilities, realm of possibilities doesn't ask, well, what if it doesn't happen? What if it does? We're not holding God back anymore by our limitations that we build up. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. And the Amplified verse 1 reads this way, faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen the conviction of their reality faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses it is living in the realm where i don't have to see it to believe it it's not this realm of i'll see it when i believe it it's i'll believe it until i see it I don't know about you, this is jacking me up. I can't live the same way after hearing this. I can't act the same way. I can't think the same way. I can't even respond to the same things the same way as I did in 2021. It's going to require a dynamic shifting in our thinking to live in a realm where the impossible becomes possible. I'm not putting limitations on God with money. I'm not putting limitations on God with healing. I'm not putting limitations on God with marriages and families. I'm not putting limitations on God with this country. I'm not putting limitations on God with, with all the mess and the brokenness that we see. I'm not putting limitations on God with our youth and our young people and our children. I'm talking, I'm talking crazy stuff. Or things that we thought would never be overcome and eradicated can be done away with. People break free from addictions that have, they have been bound by for 50 plus years. In a moment. What do we believe is possible? What do we believe God can do? goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 11 reading out of the Amplified verse 2 for by this kind of faith what kind of faith do we have by this kind of faith the men of old gained divine approval they lived in a realm of impossibilities verse 3 says this by faith, that is, with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God, we understand. I'm going to stop right there. By faith, that is, with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God, we understand. By faith, we understand. 
By faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. It sounds like two completely different things because typically when I'm walking by faith, I have little understanding. It's almost like the two are opposed. And in this verse, he's actually teaming them up together. In this verse, he's actually saying that faith and understanding work together. But he says, by faith, we understand. Notice that your faith doesn't work by your understanding. Your understanding works by your faith. Come on, you got to see this. Because the, the, the biggest hindrance to living in the realm of the impossible like we're talking about is what you know. That's the biggest hindrance. Let me, tell, let me, let me, let me just go ahead and, and, and paint this picture for you so we can get this out of the way right now. The devil's not the problem. I said the devil is not the problem. He's a defeated foe. He is no longer a problem. We just sang a song, you have no rival. The devil is not even God's enemy anymore. He's, he's done with. It's over. That's past tense. He, is, he has been stripped and whipped. He's been made a public mockery of. The cross assured that. Resurrection assured that. The Holy Spirit coming down assured that the devil would no longer be your problem. We don't live in a realm, we, 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 don't, we don't lack for living in a realm of impossibilities because the devil's doing too much. It's because we haven't increased our thinking, increased our capacity to realize and recognize the impossibilities that God is capable of doing. The devil does not hold a lease on God's power. The devil is not the limitation. The devil's not the reason why we haven't broken through in our, in our healing, broken through in our marriage, broken through in our finances, broken through in our... No, we've got to get our mind to the place of the impossible. Seeing the impossible as if it were happening right now. It's our thinking. By faith, we understand. Your need to understand will kill and cripple your faith every time. When we recognize by faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. Let me tell you, one of two things is happening. You're either lowering your faith down to what you can understand. Or you're elevating your understanding to what you can believe. One of two things is always happening. I'm either believing in spite of what I see or I'm dumbing down what I believe to what I see. And this is why we come up with, with, with silly things that we can't comprehend with the natural mind that's still attached to an old way, to an old realm. And so we say things like, well, God must have put sickness on their body to teach them something. We say that because we can't comprehend 
why sickness would still be running rampant even though God is a healer. So rather than bringing our understanding up to a level of faith, saying, I believe it whether or not I see it, we dumb it down and say, well, he must have meant this. No, he meant what he meant, and he said what we said, and it's our job to renew our minds up to. My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, right? So it's time to elevate up to higher. It's time to come higher in 2022. It's time to come to new levels in 2022. It's time to be uh, uh, introduced to new realms of possibilities in 2022. And it starts today, December 26th, 2021. It doesn't start January 1. Go ahead and get that off your list. Start now. I'm changing my thinking now. I see a realm of possibilities now. I can be healed now. I can be restored now. Because there's no going back. There's no going back to hoping and wishing for Jesus to come breaking through the clouds. Just come save us all. That's a, that's a very low and inferior way to live. That's below the standard of the kingdom of God. The standard of the kingdom of God would cause you to rise up and bring heaven to earth. The standard of the kingdom of God would cause you to walk in demonstration just as Jesus did. Jesus did not come to this earth to show us what he could do. Jesus came to this earth to show us what we can do. What you and I are capable of. The power you and I possess. The authority we can walk in. Look at Matthew chapter 8. We're going to go back into worship because these songs that we're singing, they, they declare some things. And it, 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 we're moving into a season of declaration. No more asking, hoping, and wishing. We're moving into a season of declaration. And that's what Matthew chapter 8 shows us. Matthew chapter 8 verse 1 starts off with this story. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him. And said this, look, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Remember the two questions? Can he? Will he? He believes that he can, but he doesn't believe that he will. So he says, if you are willing. That statement, if you are willing, if you are willing is the lowest expression of faith. Now, it's still a level of faith. But sometimes we find ourselves there. But we're not to live there. We are not to stay there. We're not to, to, we're not to stay in a realm of if you can. If you will. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So what does he do in that statement? He puts all the work on Jesus. Look who's carrying the load. 
Jesus. It's up to you. I don't play any part in this. If you can, if you will, I'm here. Do what you want. Right? So if he doesn't get healed, then we get to blame it on him too. Well, I didn't get healed, so... I mean, you heard me say it. If you're willing, apparently he's not willing. It's on Jesus. I didn't get my healing. Didn't get my miracle. Didn't see the impossible become possible. If you are willing, you can make me clean. But still in verse 3, even with that amount of faith that moves Jesus, Jesus stretched out his hand and... Jesus touched him. Notice who's doing the work. Saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. He still received the miracle by the mercy and the grace of God. Even with the level of faith that questioned, even with the level of faith that said, I don't really know if you can or if you will, but let's see what you can do. It's not wrong to ask God to do stuff for you. It's just inferior to the standard that he set for us. I'll say that again. It's not wrong. Because he wants to move on our behalf. Ultimately, he is the one that does it. Ultimately, he's the miracle worker. He's the way maker. He's the promise keeper. He's the one working and moving on our behalf. He's the one that is, is moving heaven to earth. He's the one that's shifting that. Yes. But there is another level. There is another level. And I believe in these last days, we are moving to that new level. Of not waiting on God to do everything, but recognize that really God is waiting on us. In the next passage. Skipping verse 4. We're not there yet. Go to verse 5. Jesus entered, Jesus entered Capernaum. A centurion came to him, imploring him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. In that statement, I will come and heal him. Again, who is doing all the work? Jesus. Jesus responds almost, uh, um, um, you know, in, in just in a triggered response based upon how, based upon everybody else's expectation. You're going to see a contrast between these two miracles. Both of them get the results. You already know this story. Both of them get the results, but I want to contrast the two, and I want to look at the distinctions. He says, I will come and heal him. Jesus is like, okay, here's another one that's waiting on me to do something, and I'll move because I'm merciful. I'll move because I'm gracious. I'll move because you don't know any better. I'll move because that's all you, that's the level of belief you can attain to. But the centurion said, 
Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But just say the word. I don't like that word just a lot of times, but in this reference, it's acceptable. Because the centurion is saying to him, you don't have to do as much as you did for that other man. You don't have to do as much as you did for those other people. Just say the word. Just say the word. Just say the word. And my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Look at verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, he stopped in his tracks and alerts the whole company of those around and then makes an amazing statement. I have never seen faith like this, not even in all of Israel. Now let's contrast that with the first miracle. Go back to verse 4. And Jesus said to him, the leper, see that you tell no one. In the first one, he said, keep it to yourself. Don't tell anyone. Just go show yourself to the priest. But in the second one, he announces to the whole company, everybody's got to know about this. See, our level of faith, I believe, will change our testimony. Our level of faith will change from just being a miracle that happens within us to a miracle that happens through us. That Jesus had to stop and say, hold on a minute, wait a minute. We got we to gotta alert the masses. Everybody's got to hear about this kind of faith. Everybody's got to hear about, about this man said that I don't need to come and touch and lay my hands on and heal. Can you think of another instance where Jesus stopped the crowd and stopped the moment to announce to everyone someone's demonstration of faith? Woman with the issue of blood. There's a faith that not just moves Jesus to move on your behalf, but there's a faith that we can walk in that will literally change our entire community. There is a way, there is a realization, there is a discovery to take place that says, whoa, 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 this can't just stay, this can't just be one of those little Sunday morning testimonies. We got to alert the masses. We got to put it on Facebook. We got to let the world know that this kind of faith is in the earth. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? This is different, y'all. They may have both gotten a miracle, but there's a distinction between both of these miracles. There was one that said, don't tell anyone. And now we've got a level of faith, a miracle that's taken place that says, hold on a minute. 
the world will take notice. We're moving beyond the days where the miracles that God does only affect our lives. We're moving into days where this man was believing for his servant. Wasn't even believing for the miracle for himself. The leper said, can you come heal me? And then put it on God. If you're willing. But this Roman centurion, believing for another man, believing for a completely different person, not even believing for, how, when's the last time you believed God for a miracle that didn't even involve you? When's the last time you believed for a miracle for Valdosta? For South Georgia? When's the last time you believed God for a miracle for the United States of America? When's the last time you believed God, not for your business, but for your employees? It's the last time you believe God, not for your marriage, but for someone else's marriage. We're walking into days where the miracles, where we're going to walk in such divine, miraculous signs and wonders that it's going to move to a place we're going to have to start believing for someone else or you won't have anything to believe for anymore. You're going to have to believe for somebody else's business to be resurrected because yours is miraculously walking in the glory of God on a daily basis. Not just trying to pull our stuff out of the mud anymore, but we want to see other people healed, other people delivered, other people resurrected, other people come to the knowledge of Christ. And he says, just say the word on your authority because I'm a man of authority. This centurion had insight that most other individuals didn't have into how God works. That just by merely speaking the word, it's not the touching that heals. Now, let, 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 let's just break this down. He says, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. If we get on down to verse Thirteen, verse 13 and Jesus said to the centurion go it shall be done for you here it is as you have believed Y'all remember how Jesus responded to the woman with the issue of blood? Go your way, daughter. Your faith has what? Didn't say go your way. My powers made you whole. Because the woman with the issue of blood and the Roman centurion didn't take all of the load and put it on Jesus. They shared the load with him. They made themselves participators in the process. They said, we're not here just to spectate and watch. This isn't a Lord if you're willing, and if it doesn't work, then we can blame it all on you. We're here to take active participation with you. You just say the word, I'll do the believing. You do the healing, you do the miracle, but I'm involved in the process. 
I'm, Jesus, I'm involving myself. See, God is moved when we begin to involve ourselves with the, in the process. When we, can, we, we, we step up to the plate and say, I play a part of this. If we're going to see this community change, then I've got a role to play. If I'm going to see my marriage restored, then I'm going to be doing something. If I'm going to see my sickness turn in my body, then I am going to stand in faith believing. And I'm not just expecting God to do everything for me. I'm expecting him to do it with me. Same with the woman with the issue of blood. For she said to herself, right? She said to herself, if I may just touch the hem. She made herself an active participant. Repentance shifts responsibility. When I get a realm, when I get a realization of the realm of possibilities in the kingdom of God. When I truly see this for what it is, I begin to share the responsibility of seeing miracles take place. I don't believe the miraculous is a waiting, hoping, wishing game. I believe miracles, signs, and wonders come to the church that are ready to actively take their role, take their step, step up to the plate and say, how will you involve me in the process? Father, open our eyes to new realms of possibilities. Open our eyes to revival. Come on, every hand lifted. Every hand lifted as a surrender. Surrender your way. Surrender what you thought it was. Surrender what you thought it could be. 
Surrender what you thought it had to be. It just had to be this way. I guess this is just the way it is. It is what it is. No, it will be what it's always been. It will be restored. It will be redeemed. It will be changed forevermore. Father, by faith in your word, just say the word. But we will believe. We do not remove ourselves from the equation. We place ourselves squarely in the middle of the process of what you're doing. What could God do in your community? What could God do with your business? What could God do in that marriage? What's possible? What's possible? What's possible? So we'll stay in this moment just for just for a second. Come on, just worship him. Just worship him. He's the God of the impossible. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.